So we're reading from John. It's on page 1004, the Church Bibles. John chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And on to verse 19 now. Now this was John's testimony. When the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's pray. Father, as we continue to prepare ourselves to the coming of the one who is love, Open our minds and our hearts to you, to one another, and to your world. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So, there is a lucky one among ourselves this morning. If you've been the lucky receiver of a yellow paper like this, can you stand up and come forward? So there should be someone among us who has received, at the entrance, a little yellow paper. Well done, well done. This is grace. Good, good. Oh, what's going to happen? Maybe you don't know. I'm going to give you a present. Oh, thank you. There we go. Now, what do you think we normally do when we get a present? We say thank you. We say thank you, yes. What else? We opened it. We opened it, so I think you need to open it. <laughs> it's my wife who wrapped it up, so it's quite well wrapped. She likes sticky paper. She does, yes, yes, she does. There we go. Ooh. There we go. So we have what here? It's a little pot. Yeah, a little pot. And here you have some tea light candles. Right. Hmm. Smelly tea light candles. So Lovely. you put the tea light in that little pot, and then yeah. this is for you. You're very welcome. I think if you open, they're all going to fall apart, so yeah, you can keep that one oh. in the wrapping. Thank you very much. Thank you, Grace. Thank you. There we go. 
So you might ask, what is this has all to do with my preaching today? Well, actually, it has all to do with it, because we're going to move into a new series, which is um, unwrapping the gift of Christmas. Because as Grace said, Jesus become a real gift only if we unwrap it, if we receive it, if we, so to say, use it. That's when a present becomes good news. If a present just stays in its wrapping, um, there's no really good news, and possibly it will hurt the one who gives it. So we are going in the next few weeks to unwrap the story of Christmas, and today we start with John the Baptist. So if you can open your Bible again to um, that page 1005. And we're going to see how the story of the birth of Jesus is and can be good news again to us, not just to the world, but to our world, our lives, our circumstances. And today there is a simple question asked in this passage. Who are you? That's the question that comes again and again in our reading this morning. Who are you, they ask, this delegation in verse 19. There were Jewish leaders from Jerusalem who sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. And then a little bit further, verse 22, So who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who send us. What do you say about yourself? And of course, this question was triggered by three things. The way John lived his life his actions, and his message. We don't hear in this gospel um, what um, John wear, wore as clothes or what he ate or where he lived, but in other gospels, we learn that. We know that he had funny clothes made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, that he has very interesting food, locust and wild honey, and that he lived an interesting life and in an interesting place in the wilderness. John here only says in verse 33 um, that he is the voice of one calling in the wilderness. That's how he summarized John's way of life. But that brought some question to people. Who is this person? But mainly, he, it's what he did that really triggered the big question, which is, are you the one we are expecting to come? And that was the way he was baptizing. Now, in those days, baptizing was not unusual. If you were a non-Jew and you wanted to follow the Jewish religion, the way you would go and enter into um, um, the Jewish nation would be through baptism. Because, of course, as a Jew, in a sense, you were already baptized through your circumcision, through the fact that you were born as a Jew. But here is a man, John the Baptist, who baptized not only non-Jewish people, proselytes, but who baptized Jewish people and calls everyone 
to repentance and to be baptized. Now, Jews believe that this kind of work was kind of what would happen when this anointed one would come. He would call everybody to get ready for the coming of God's kingdom. That God would send someone full of his presence to deliver and rescue, calling back all of Israel to love God with their whole heart, with their whole, their whole um, thoughts and their whole being. So if you look, for example, at Ezekiel, one of the prophecies that were in the back of their minds, uh, it says, I will sprinkle, sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And then in Malachi, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. And suddenly the Lord, you, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. So when John the Baptist was acting the way he was, it triggered that very important question. Are you the Messiah? Are you the one? And of course here we have John who says um, straightforward and clearly, I did not fail to confess, and I confess freely now, I am not the Messiah. And so they keep asking other questions. Then, are you a liar? Elijah? Not a liar, Elijah. He's not a liar, he tells the truth. Are you Elijah? Or are you the prophet? And that's a little bit confusing, because if we compare with um, the other gospel, Elijah is the forerunner before uh, the Messiah. While here, sometimes there were also some thoughts that the one to come is a figure like Elijah. So it's the same than to say, are you the Messiah? And the same when saying the prophet is a figure like. If you, um, if you want that the Messiah would have those kind of works, Elijah calling to repentance, a prophet, kind of a prophet ministry or a priestly ministry or a king's ministry. And that would all be in that person called the Messiah. And so to those two other questions, he says, no, I am not. I'm neither the Messiah, I'm neither Elijah, and I'm not the prophet. So, of course, they continue. So, who are you then? Who do you say you are? And so he comes with um, that sentence, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. I think for me this triggered the question of who are we today to the world? Who are we? Who are you? Who am I? <coughs> and I think first, like John, we need to tell ourselves we are not the Messiah. We are not Jesus. Sometimes we try to use to, to play that role, to be the rescuer, to be the savior. And actually, it's good news to hear today that we are not the Messiah. <coughs> the work of rescue, the work of transformation, the work of conviction, the work of repentance, that's the work of God. 
It doesn't mean we are jobless. Like John, I think, we are all pointers. We are, and we heard uh, earlier this morning, we are drawing others to Jesus. And the way we do it is like John, through our way of life, through our message, and through who we are in God. Look back at verse 6, which says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. Now, put your name there. My name. There was a man sent from God whose name was Fabian. There was a woman sent from God whose name was Grace. He or she came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him or her all might believe. Is that not what we are called? We are all, as Christians, sent by God to be a witness, to testify to the light. And that amazing promise so that through us, through you, through me, all that are meant to believe will come to believe. That's God's part. Those who are meant to believe will come to believe. But we can be fully engaged in that work of being sent and a witness. So how do we do that? Well, like John, who says, I am a voice, we are all a voice. We have a unique calling, a unique story, unique testimonies to tell others. This is your voice. This is my voice. And as a church, we have a voice in this community. We have a message to tell. What God has been doing in our lives, what he's continued to do. And we can be truthful. We can tell about our doubts, our questions, but we also can tell about what we've learned along the way and our convictions. And then, like, like uh, John, no, we don't need to wear uh, a leather belt and um, hairy clothes and eat locust and honey, but we are called to a certain lifestyle that should bring other people to ask questions, that should trigger questions in their minds. And I remember that it's actually the lifestyles of those around me that start triggering questions. There is something different in those people. I used to go to a church where I couldn't really see the difference, but when I, I went to that particular church, it uh, was a church plant, and they did uh, youth activities, and it, I just knew there was something different. And it was not just the way of life. It's, it sounded like and it felt like there is something different in them. And that's the Holy Spirit. And when you're a Christian, you know, we breathe the same way, we close mostly the same way, but people will see that there is someone in you that makes you different, and they will ask questions. One of the ways we can live differently in this time of Christmas is to challenge um, what we now call consumerism. 
Now, I believe we shouldn't reject. I think it's part of the celebration. You know, we have the crackers and we have the roast turkey and we have the presents, and it's important. It says something about generosity and giving. But of course, consumerism has a different message. Consumerism is a story fueled by the message that you don't have enough. You don't have enough staff. You don't have enough time. You're not worth enough. And of course, then the adverts tell us, if you want to have, then you need to buy. Buy more. And of course, this is always in the background, but I think at Christmas, it becomes just there in your face. If you want to be truly happy, you need just more things. And so, consumerism to that question, who are we, who am I, who are you, is you are what you buy. You are what you can afford. You are what you possess. But I think Christmas tells us a very different story. It tells us that with God's presence with us now, there will always be enough. There is enough of God's love to meet all our needs. There is enough of God's grace for all to be welcomed. And there is enough of God's forgiveness to set us all free. So let us, yes, enjoy the crackers and the presents, but let us black out that insidious message that there is not enough, that more will make us happy. And like John, let us be known as those who through our choices, through our way of life, through our value, through our stories, bring others to ask questions. And when they do, let us be courageous and bring them to that light, that good news, that spark that we sang, that has set the world on fire. And we've been caught up in that story. And it's a story that will continue with us and with this church. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the gift of Christmas. For that spark, that little baby who set the world on fire. Through our lives, through our words, through our actions, let us be a testimony of you. Let us draw all that you want to draw to yourself. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.